serpents and scorpions on a daily. I stand and walk in authority that he gave me. I'm a reflection of God, so watch me be the light. It's time that we show the world that Jesus, Jesus is alive. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Teaching Thursdays. I'm your teacher for the evening, Pastor BJ Piggy. Thank y'all so much for joining us. And I pray you guys have had an awesome, awesome week. Listen, y'all, this is a week of victory, man. We should be always realizing and understanding that we have the victory through Jesus Christ. There is nothing, and I repeat, nothing, nothing, nothing that can stop the, stop us from having victory in every area of our life. And so I just want to uh, encourage you guys tonight. I just want to give... Uh, a quick, um, I just want to give a quick exhortation. A lot of people understand what that means, especially in the church where we edify, we exhort each other, we build each other up uh, because I, I don't know how many of y'all uh, have been feeling like this. I'm pretty sure you have, especially with the uh, events that have happened over the last couple of days. Uh, we need to just be encouraged. We need to, uh, we need to always be praying and we also uh, need to, <laughs> good evening, everybody. What's up? Um, <laughs> Look who showed up. And so um, <laughs> we just need to be encouraged and we just need to be um, we all, I mean, we do need to be prayerful. We, we do need to be uh, praying for the families uh, in Texas uh, that went through that traumatic uh, shooting this past week uh, over the last couple of days. Excuse me. And, uh, and we just really need to be uh, we just really need to be mindful of how good God is, even in the midst of all of the craziness going on in the world. And so uh, we really just need to take a quick couple of minutes and let's just think on the goodness of God. Let's just think about uh, the things that we have to be thankful for, uh, you know, because uh, it could have been us. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times we go in, I mean, uh, we're driving on the interstate, we see wrecks, we see uh, people that are in dire situations all the time. And so uh, we just need to stop and give God thanks and praise and just thank God that that isn't even that isn't us, you know, because God has kept us and we need to be praying for those people that are in those situations because that's just what we need to be doing because they need God just like we have God. Amen. And so and it's not to say that they don't have God, but but in those situations, we need to be praying for them so that the goodness of God can be flowing even through that situation. Amen. So uh, just I just want to encourage everybody and uh, just remember that God is a victorious God. Remember Jesus has given us the victory. And even though trouble happens, even though things happen, we can still see. And uh, uh, yeah, we can still see through all of that. I believe I'm, I'm believing everybody can see through all of that and just see the goodness of God uh, throughout it all. And so the way we do that is is by us focusing in on how good God is, us focusing in on how good he's been to us, us focusing in on the reality of even though there were several that died, there were people that still made it out of their lives. And so we need to be thankful for that. And so uh, I believe an attitude of gratitude is a position we should always be taking. I believe an attitude of gratitude is where we should always uh, keep our thought process, because I'm telling you, thanksgiving is what propels us in life. Thanksgiving and us being thankful is one of the major keys for us living a victorious life. And so uh, I just encourage everybody, even though we may be sad, even though we may be hurting, 
Find reasons, give find reasons to give God thanks. Find reasons to find joy in your life. Uh, because if we don't, we will allow all of the tragedy, we will allow all the things that happen to begin to weigh in on us. And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do. He wants us to focus on all of that bad stuff so that we can start internalizing that stuff so that so then he can have access to our life so that that stuff can uh, potentially happen in our lives. And so don't give it place, guys. Don't give it a second thought. Don't give it a, any room uh, to start thinking, well, well, you know, what if that happens to me? Or, you know, just starting to doubt all the goodness of God in your life, because God is a protector. God is a lover of our souls. And so we need to always be reminded of that and be encouraged in that. Because like I said, even in the midst of all of that, God is still, still good. Amen. I can remember during some of the darkest times of my life, even though all craziness was going on all around me. I knew and I still believe that God was a good God. And, and because of that belief, he was able to bring me up out of this situation. But it's the but but it becomes an issue when we we, we make a decision to stay in that place. It, it becomes an issue when we make a decision to allow this stuff to overtake us. Don't allow the enemy to overwhelm you with evil thoughts. Don't allow the enemy to overcome you with uh without uh, with thoughts of fear. And, uh, and disease and everything like that. Don't allow the enemy to take you through that stuff because if you allow him to take you through that stuff, he'll get you to start fearing it. And then if he can get you to start fearing it, you can open yourself and give yourself access to all of that crazy stuff. And let's not do that. Let's stay focused on the goodness of God and let's just enjoy our lives the way God intended. And let's be a blessing to those families. Let's pray for those families. And uh, because you would want people to do the same for you if you were going through that. So let's just stay focused and build up our weaker brother uh, weaker brothers and sisters as they go through that. Continue to lift them up in prayer. Continue to do what you can for them. Continue to let your voice be heard. Continue to speak to the law officials and things of that nature if you're in that area so that change can happen. But don't allow the evil stuff to bombard you and, and, and weigh you down so that you don't think that you have any hope. Because in this world, we always have hope if we live in Jesus Christ. Amen. If we live for Christ, we always have hope. We are never, never stuck. Amen. So I just want to encourage you guys with that. And don't and, and remember, man, God is on your side. You are victorious. So don't allow anything of the enemy to deter you and keep you down because God wants you walking in victory. Amen. All right. Quick couple of church announcements, uh, <laughs> quick couple of announcements. Thank y'all so much for coming. Thank y'all again, because, uh, you know, we really appreciate you guys for coming. Uh, again, we can't say it enough, uh, because again, if it wasn't for you guys showing up, we wouldn't be able to do what we do, whether you watch it live, whether you watch it on the replay. And I'm, and I'm beginning to think a lot more people watch it on the replay than, than, uh, than people that come in live. So, uh, because people are, even when I don't think people are there, they'll send they'll send a message talking about uh, what they got out of the week's messages. So uh, again, whether you watch it live or whether you watch it on the replay, we appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts because you could find anything to do on a Thursday night, but you take your time out to come spend about an hour with us to get into the Word of God and get your and allow your spirit man to be built up and allow your life to be better and open yourself up to receive manna from heaven. So again, we thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Number two, thank you so much for engaging with the broadcast. I see some of you have already came in and said good evening. If you haven't shared it to your pages, go ahead and do that. If you have any friends, if you're on Facebook who you think this message may be a blessing to, go ahead and tag them in the comment section. Go ahead and tag them and say, hey man, come on in here and join the conversation. Because we've been talking about freedom and how many of y'all know a lot a lot of us need freedom. A lot of us don't even know we're bound until we can finally see that we're been in bondage and now we can become free and allow the revelation of the
of the word of God to absolutely break the shackles off of our lives. So if you know anybody that's been in bondage, if you know anybody that's feel like they've been having a heavy burden on them, tell them to go ahead and come into this broadcast so that they can get their life changed, so that they can walk away from this broadcast being free and walking in everything that God has called them to be. Amen. Because that's the title of the message tonight. Be free. Glory to God. Tonight, we will be walking free. We will no longer be bound by anything. And I repeat anything, any attachment of the enemy. We will no longer be bound at all after this message tonight. Amen. So go ahead and engage and put comments in the comment section. Hit the hearts, hit the likes, do all of the above. Go ahead and engage because it helps us get the word out to more people and it sets your expectation to receive. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube uh, channel, if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, go ahead and do that. Uh, anywhere podcasts are, uh, are being played, you can find BJ Piggy Ministries broadcast. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube page, go ahead and do it because uh, because again, I, you know, I tell y'all this quite often, but you know, YouTube is where I watch a lot of my stuff, and so I'm subscribed to a whole bunch of different pages. And so uh, go ahead and subscribe to BJ Piggy Ministries because. You know, that's just where, you know, because YouTube, you can watch it on your TV. You can watch it. I mean, and I know if you're watching it from your phone, you can screencast it to your uh, to your TVs at the same time. But, you know, it's good to just go go straight to your TV, just like you're watching the television, uh, just like you're watching the television show, just like you're watching the game or whatever. Just go to your television, go to YouTube if you got a smart TV and go ahead and, and hit up BJ Piggy Ministries and, and look at the catalog of all the messages and just. Get yourself filled on the word of God. Amen. So if you haven't subscribed to YouTube, go ahead and do it. And if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, go ahead and do it. Next thing, if you guys haven't subscribed or let us know you want to be a part of the daily encouragement emails, go ahead and let us know if you want to be a part of that community. Because I'm telling you, every single week, people are responding, saying they're blessed by those emails. It's what, it's what they needed for the day. Listen, and it's free. It's free. It's, it's, it's not any cost to you to just get an email. And I know a lot of us get spam all the time. And I know because I know when I wake up, pretty much every morning. There's 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 several delete emails that I go through that I just go ahead and wipe out and I need to unsubscribe to them, <laughs> but I just be deleting them because a lot of people just be sending stuff. But at the end of the day, if you guys want that encouragement email, I believe it'll be a blessing to your life. Just let us know. Send us your email address. We'll add you to the email blast. Direct message us your email address if you want to be added. Just be a part of the community if you want those daily encouragement emails. Amen. I'm telling you, it will be an absolute blessing to your life. And lastly, if you want to become a partner with this awesome ministry, yeah, some of y'all may be asking, well, BJ, what is it that y'all really, really do? Well, we're blessing the people every month. We feed people pretty much every month. We pay people's, uh, I mean, you know, we, we do everything that a normal ministry does when it comes to benevolence. And so and also what we do is we give you the word every single month. And so, I mean, every single week, rather. And so some of y'all may or may not understand the importance or the uh, or the relevance of becoming a partner. But let me tell you something. There's power in partnership. There's power when you connect to where God wants you to connect to, because Every resource that God places in this ministry and gives this ministry, you have access to because you are a partner of this ministry. And so it's our job to pray for you. It's our job to teach you the word of God. And it's our job to give you all of the resources that we have to make sure that you are living the life that God has called you to live and to make sure that you become the person that Christ wants you to be, become more and more like him. And so and it's your job to pray for the ministry. Uh, if there's anything that you believe you can 
add to the ministry. It's your job to get before God and say, all right, BJ, I believe I can help with this. I believe I can help with that. I believe your ministry uh, should do this. I believe God told me that uh, that y'all would be great at doing that. We can all get together and accomplish those goals because we're better together than we are apart. And so that's the beauty of partnership. And also support the ministry financially. And, and by the grace of God and by the power of God, whenever God has called us to do something, we haven't had to do any um uh, we haven't had to do any drives. We haven't had to do any of that stuff. Even though we have done the holiday fun, man, God is God takes care of that so much, so much all of the time that even though even though we do the fun, it's just an opportunity for you to give into it so that we can do more. Because basically what we end up doing is we end up doing more than what we had planned to do because people get involved with the with the drive. But let me tell you something. If you guys didn't even get involved because of the because of God's uh God's favor on the ministry and people's faithful giving to the ministry. We're able to do it whether whether that happens or not. And so we just give God praise for that. But again, if God has called you to give to the ministry, that's something that you should be consistent in doing so that every time God calls us to do something, we can go ahead and step out and be a blessing to whoever, who, whoever God wants us to be a blessing to. Amen. So if God has called you to be a partner, go ahead and do that today, man. Go ahead and join. And uh, I mean, go ahead and join like it's a church. Go ahead and let us know that you want to be a partner of the ministry and we will get that welcome email out to you. Amen. All right, y'all. Y'all ready for the word? I know I'm ready to teach. I hope y'all are ready to get into it because I am pumped about teaching the word tonight. So I'm going to go ahead and pray and then we're going to get into the word tonight. Thank y'all so much for joining us tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for the word tonight. Father, we thank you that the revelator, the Holy Spirit is here among us and we thank you that he is giving revelation knowledge even as I pray. And Father, we thank you that as the word goes forth tonight, as the word is taught tonight, Father, we thank you that an individual word, a specific word for each individual that's listening tonight will get what they need specifically from what you're teaching tonight. So, Father, we thank you that you're instructing. We thank you, God, that you're leading and you're guiding every single person that's listening. And we give you praise for it in advance. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Go ahead and give God some praise. Go ahead and give God some hearts. Go ahead and give God some likes. Let's go ahead and get excited about the word because I don't know if you know this or you may already know this, but God desires for us to be free. He desires for us to be free, man. And we're going to continue to dive into this because I believe that sometimes uh, we don't really know if we're free or not. Sometimes we don't even know if we're in bondage or not. Sometimes we don't even realize the magnitude of what Jesus did when he said that he wanted to leave. I mean, when he came and led the captives, led the captivity captive or he came to set the captives free. I don't think sometimes we understand the, the fullness of it. And I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about me as well, because as I continue to study this out, as I continue to dive into this word concerning freedom, I'm seeing more and more and more. And we and we just can't become laxed uh, where freedom is concerned. We can't just become uh, well, because I heard that before. I, you know, uh, I think I understand it and I know it already. The more and more I study this word out, the more and more I see, the more and more I realize, the more and more I've been laxed in myself. And so we have to be careful because the word the word, the word teaches us to not let the word slip. The word teaches us to not become uh, casual with the word. The word teaches us that we shouldn't just be people who believe that we've arrived already, but there is something that we should always be learning. There's, there is something that we should always be growing from. And I believe freedom is one of these messages, is one of these subjects that I believe that, um, that if we ever grab hold of what God is really telling us, then we will walk in a new level of 
of, of who he wants us to be when we understand this freedom. Jesus didn't just come to set the captives free so that they can turn around and be put in bondage again. Jesus, and you will see it in the scripture a little bit later on, that when Jesus did what he did, he did it once and for all, meaning that once he did what he did, he's not going to do it again. He's not going to come back and continue to try to get you out of what he's get you out of what he's already brought you out of. He's not going to come in and get you free from sin when he's already done that. He's not going to bring you out of poverty again when he's already done that. It is our responsibility, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, about staying in freedom or being or remaining uh, or sticking to the word of God, it's our responsibility to make sure that we walk out this freedom so uh, we can experience what Jesus did so that we can actually experience it and not just have a head knowledge of it and not just have an idea of it, but actually walk this thing out and experience that freedom. Because how many of y'all know uh, or how many of y'all believe that once we pass on to the eternity, we're going to be walking in that freedom in that glory in heaven if you believe in Christ. Well, watch this. That same freedom, that same glory that you're expecting when you go to heaven should be happening here on the earth. It should be happening here on the earth. And it only comes when you understand that you've already been made free. And a lot of times we look at us gaining freedom once we leave this earth. No, 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 no. Jesus has already made us free. So we should be accessing that freedom while we're here on the earth. And a lot of people say it and they say it and they say it like this because we put it in songs. You know, we'll we'll know better by and by or we'll. You know, uh, you know, we'll know better. You know, that's a saying that, that we've heard over the years. You know, we'll know better in the by and by. Or um, I can't remember that other uh, popular phrase that people would use. But basically, people would say, well, it don't really matter what goes on here in the earth. I'm going to get mine when I get to heaven. I'm going to enjoy this when I get to heaven. I'm going to be with Christ when I get into heaven. How many of y'all know the Holy Spirit was given to us so that we can have Christ all the time? Not just when we get to heaven, but so that we can experience Christ right here, right now. Otherwise, why did he send the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit could have just stayed in heaven where he was if he didn't want us to experience life of heaven on the earth. You understand what I'm saying? And so when it comes to freedom, we have to understand that the Holy Spirit was given to us. Jesus led captivity captive. He set the captives free so that he can give us Holy Spirit so that we can now walk in freedom and be just like him in the earth. And so let's get to our working definition where freedom is concerned. I hope y'all are pumped. I hope y'all are excited to get to get ready to hear what God's getting ready to show us tonight. Amen. So let's get back to our working definition of freedom and our working definition of freedom basically is this. So tonight we're talking about being free. You actually stepping into freedom. And I know the last couple of weeks we've talked about freedom, freedom in Christ, where freedom comes from. We talked about last week about how. Uh, uh, last week we talked about uh, what did we specifically talked about? We talked about how freedom was yours. We talked about how freedom was yours, but you got to but you got to take the responsibility of it. So we've been building up to this point so that we can finally uh, start accessing this freedom that Christ has given us when he came and died on the cross. So let's get to this working definition. The working definition for freedom that we've been using is to no longer be bound or held down by the enemy or anything attached to the kingdom of darkness. OK, the definition we've been using when it comes to being free or when we say what freedom is or when we say we want to be free, when we say we want to be free, we want to watch this no longer be bound or held down by the enemy or anything attached to the kingdom of darkness. So and, and, and the reason why those things, those are two different things is, is because of this. 
the enemy himself can always be talking to you. His main motive or his main way of operation or the main way that he does things is by giving us suggestions. And so when we allow the enemy to talk to us without allowing the word to filter that and kick it out or keep it based on what the word is saying, we can we can we can be bound or held down by the enemy just based on his suggestion. And so when the devil enemy, but anything attached to me, we're talking about everything that came along with sin, everything that comes attached with the enemy, anything that the enemy specifically wants to put you in bondage to uh, in bondage in. What are some things that you can be in bondage in? Consistent sickness can be a bondage. Consistent poverty can be a bondage. Consistent uh, lack of joy can be a bondage. You not believing in who Jesus Christ is and accepting him as Lord and Savior is absolutely bondage. And I, and, I, and, I, and I can say that because that's where it all begins. You can't expect freedom, true freedom, unless you start off with a foundation in Christ. That's what we've talked about so far. And so anything attached to the kingdom of darkness, we don't want to have anything to do with it. That's what being free is, whether that's poverty, whether that's sickness, whether that's uh, uh, any. Uh, not having peace in our minds, not having joy, not believing in who Christ said he was. All of those things are things of the kingdom of darkness that we don't want to attach ourselves to. And we want, we don't want to allow the enemy to continue to speak to us foolery and speak to us things that will help us get in fear to, to make us think that those same things can happen to us. Remember what I told y'all before, fear and faith operate by the same spiritual principles. When God speaks something to you, you need to attach faith to it. But when the enemy speaks to you, you, you you're either going to attach fear to something or you're going to either attach faith to something. And when God's word is spoken, faith is attached to it. When the enemy speaks words to you, it is fear attached to it. And so we need to begin to realize that anything that the enemy is trying to get us scared of is what he's trying to get connected in our lives. A lot of us fear that we won't ever uh, gain any certain amount of uh, abundance or financial um, freedom where we don't have to worry about debt, where we don't have to worry about uh, what, wondering whether or not I'm going to eat the next day, wondering whether or not we're going to be able to have gas money. That is fear that the enemy is trying to attach to you by constantly telling you, man, gas prices steadily going up. Well, it don't matter whether gas prices are steadily going up because you can't, gas prices can't go high enough to where God can't take care of it. Y'all follow what I'm saying? Gas prices can't go any higher than what God can take care of. And how do I know that? Because God always takes care of his kids. I don't care what the world is doing. God has a way of taking care of his kids. God has a way of taking care of his people. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because if we don't allow faith to be operative in our lives, we will be allowing fear to be operative in our lives. And then in that case, we will then become slaves. In those cases, we will then become bound. In those cases, we will then be held to whatever the world can give us. That is what bondage is. Because how many of y'all know? How many of y'all know in heaven, there's not none of that stuff going on. In heaven, we're not, we're, we wouldn't be concerned about whether or not that stuff's gonna be taken care of. Listen, we walking around on gold. Oh, in the earth right now, gold is one of the most precious things. But in heaven, God says, you can go and walk around on this. This is not the most important thing to me. So if it's not the most important thing to God, why do you think it should be the most important thing to this world? Because the world and God are two opposite things working against each other. 
I think I've told y'all this before. In the world system, in the world in which we live right now, the most important thing to people in this world is money or power. Money or power. That is the highest form uh, of good or, or that's the highest form that people try to achieve in this world. They try to achieve money or they try to achieve power. Well, this is what I want you to understand. In the kingdom of God, those are low on the totem pole. <laughs> those are low on the totem pole. That is why we don't let money. That is why we don't operate based on what our money tells us. That is why we don't operate based on what others are telling us. We operate on a higher standard. And what's that higher standard? What God is saying, the power of God is the highest standard, the anointing, the love of God. Those things are the highest standard, because if we can ever switch kingdoms, if we can switch from the kingdom of darkness, where money is the biggest thing and switch over to the kingdom of his dear son and operate in this freedom, we will begin to understand that the love of God, the anointing of God, all of that stuff trumps the stuff that's in this world. And we will begin to be controlled by the anointing of God and not just our money. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now, but I was going to uh, teach on it. Just a, I, mean, I was going to talk about it for just a brief second and offering. Listen, we we delve in fear a lot of times where money is concerned because we allow our money to tell us what we can and cannot do rather than allowing God to tell us what we should and shouldn't do. We look at a situation. God tells us, I need you to go minister to somebody across the way. I need you to go an hour. I need you. To, somebody needs food 40 minutes away. And a lot of times what we do, we don't allow God to speak to us as if God can't take care of us. We look at our bank account. We look at the gas prices and determine whether or not. Uh, and we look at the high prices of food or how food is going up. We say, well, God, all of this stuff is going up. You really want me to do that? Well, do you think God is crazy? God knows that food prices is going up. God knows gas prices are going up. But that doesn't mean if he gave you a word that he won't give you what's needed or the provision to take care of that word. We have to begin to allow God's word to trump whatever is going on in the world. And when we begin to do that, we then can be free. When we begin to allow the word to uh, um, tell us what we should and shouldn't do, then we're walking in true freedom. But when we allow the world to tell us what we should do, when we allow the world to tell us where we should be going, when we allow the world to tell us we won't be able to do this, we won't be able to do that because you don't have the money. See, this is what you got to understand. See, <laughs> the Bible does say that money does answer with all things or in the world you need money to function and to operate. Yes, it does say that. But the, but the word also says this. The word also says that God's power and God's anointing, his ability overcomes and trumps the world. I mean, I mean overcomes and trumps money because <laughs> because there's a scripture I'm trying to remember where it says where. Uh, uh, where it talks about people looked around for money and they couldn't buy what the anointing can give. I'm trying to remember where that scripture is, but we, you know, we'll get to that at another time. But but people talked about coming to the coming to the market to buy stuff, and uh, and they didn't have the money to buy it, but they were able to achieve or they were able to re, uh, get what was at the market because they had the anointing, they had the favor, they had the blessing on their life. Because the blessing always will trump money. The blessing will always trump anything that's going on in the world. Why? Because the blessing is what's supposed to be controlling all of that stuff. And I know I'm not really teaching that, but that's a little side thing to help you understand that that's an area that you can be walking in freedom in. Are you free or are you bound? Do you allow your money to tell you what you should be doing or do you allow God to tell you what you should be doing? Amen. Glory to God. So uh, tonight 
I want us to take a little bit of a step back. OK, tonight I want us to take a little bit of a step back and, uh, and let's look at the let's look at why freedom is essential. Let's look at why freedom is essential, because I know we're talking about being free and I believe that uh, that tonight you're going to walk in freedom. But I want to walk it back just a little bit and show us why freedom is important. I, I want us to see um, how if we don't. If we don't become serious about freedom, if we don't become basically, this is what I want to get to. A lot of people don't realize that if you're not pursuing something by default, you're you fall into this category. OK, so if you're so, for instance, if you're not pursuing a promotion, let me give you an, a natural example. If you're not pursuing a promotion, meaning you're not trying to increase yourself, you're not trying to apply for a new job to get. Uh, more money. This is a natural example. This is not a spiritual one. This is a natural example. If you're not constantly pursuing that, what by what what happens to you by default? You remain where you are, right? By default, you remain where you are. If you're not constantly pursuing other things, let me give you another example. Let's go to working out. If you're not constantly working out, if you're not constantly pursuing uh, health goals, what happens to where you are? You, you remain where you are. And in a lot of cases, especially with working out, you get in a worse situation if you don't begin to pursue the health goals. If you don't pursue, if you're not in constant pursuit of trying to work out, you'll either remain where you are or you'll get into a worse state. Well, this is what I'm trying to help you understand the importance of why freedom is so essential and why you should be pursuing it and why you should be staying free. Because the enemy is constantly bombarding you with stuff. He's constantly bombarding you with stuff and you need to be on the lookout and you need to be on the pursuit of freedom, because if you're not on the pursuit of freedom, you will either start remaining to be the same. You will you will remain where you are or the enemy will slowly tug you back into a place that you don't need to be. The enemy will begin to slowly pull you back in if you're not constantly pursuing freedom. Y'all remember the scripture that we ended with last week where it talks about not going back to being a slave. We're going to end with that same scripture today, but it talks about how Christ has made us free. And if he's made us free, we need to stand in that freedom and no longer be slaves again. Well, how can you become a slave again by not pursuing freedom, by not making it a point to constantly uh, go after what God is telling you to go after, by not constantly saying, you know what, this is something that I need to be pursuing and I don't just need to be lax about it. I need to always be going after it or otherwise I'm going to remain the same. That's why, um, you know, you know, I'm not even going to go that, uh, uh, give that example, but y'all understand what I'm saying? That's why you have to always be going after it because if you don't go after it, you're going to either remain the same or going or you're going to slowly get pulled back into where you didn't want to be. So that's why it's important. And we're going to see that tonight through the scripture. And I, and I believe it's important that I show you this or, or, um, or we won't have a reason to be free. We won't have a reason to be free. So let's look at a couple of things here, uh, because also and I also want to say this. If we're not constantly pursuing freedom, we can be giving the enemy access to our life. <laughs> we could be constantly giving the enemy access to our life and uh, and not even and not even be knowing it if we're not pursuing freedom. Uh, because, again, if you're not if you're not pursuing freedom by default, you're remaining the same and you're allowing him to continue to have a hold of you or give you a suggestion to try to grab a hold of you. And so, again, I believe if we understand the magnitude of where Jesus took us from, we will then realize why Jesus did what he did. And then we will realize why we shouldn't accept anything of the enemy. 
So let's begin looking at our first scripture. First of all, I need us to understand understand the position that we were in initially. Okay, we need to understand the position we were in initially because I know we've talked about Jesus rescuing us, and I know I've talked about us being in a dire situation before, but I want to point this out in scripture so that I can walk you through why we need to be free. Amen. So let's start in Romans chapter 6, verse 17. Romans chapter 6, verse eight, uh, 17 and 18 in the Good News Translation. This is what it says. It says, but thanks be to God, glory to God, for though at one time, at one time, at one time, you were slaves to sin, you have obeyed with all of your heart with the truths you found in the teaching you received. You were set free from sin and you were set free from sin and became the slaves of righteousness. Now, what I want to what I want to focus in on is this. Notice what the scripture says. For at one time we were slaves to sin, but because we obeyed with all of our hearts, the truth that we found in the teaching, believing who Jesus said, who he was, you were set free from sin and then became slaves to righteousness. Now, let me explain something for you real quick. I know slaves have, has a real bad connotation to it. I know slaves mean that, uh, especially for especially for African-Americans, it, it has an extremely negative connotation to it. And it should, because slave simply meant that somebody had control over me. I didn't have freedom. I didn't have control. And so basically what we need, what we need to begin to understand is that before Jesus came along, we didn't have control over us. Remember when I told y'all last week, when you're in the kingdom of darkness, the goal of the enemy is to control you and have dominion. If you listen to any part of the previous messages I talked about, that's what the kingdom of darkness is. In Colossians 1 and 13, in the uh, Passion Translation, I believe it talks about how the kingdom of darkness is a system of control and dominion. And so when the Bible says that we were once slaves to sin, we need to understand that we were controlled by default. It wasn't anything that we did until we made a decision. But because we were born into this world, by default, we were slaves to sin. By default, we were already under the enemy's camp. By default, we were already under the control of the enemy. Okay, and so us being slaves to sin meant the enemy had absolute control over us. By us being slaves to sin, it meant the enemy had absolutely absolute control over us. But then watch what happened in that scripture when Jesus came and got us. He says, because we obey what the what the word told us and we obey Christ, we and the teaching we received, we were set free from that sin. And then we became a slave to righteousness. Now, the reason why I want to help us understand a little bit about what the scripture is saying here when it when it's talking about us being a slave to righteousness, basically what it is saying is we have now submitted ourselves and bound ourselves to the kingdom of his dear son. It's not that God is over here controlling us. God is over here controlling what goes on in his kingdom. But God, remember what I told y'all, true freedom comes with choice. True freedom comes with choice. The enemy wants to control you to where you don't have a choice. God sets us free so that we can choose now to submit ourselves to his kingdom. Y'all follow me? We, we were once bound and controlled by the enemy, but once we've been set free, we can now make the choice and we can now make the decision to submit ourselves to be slaves to righteousness. Paul said it like this. He said he's a bond servant to Christ. Or in other words, he has bound himself to Christ. He has made a, 
a, a decision to say, you know what, I'm going to stick with Christ no matter what. And that is what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us he doesn't want to control us because he knows because he sets the he set the system up. He knew that if he ever controlled us, we would never ever uh, walk in true freedom. But because he set up the system of choice, choice was given to us so that we can freely and completely understand freedom. Because freedom comes with choice. The enemy doesn't want you to choose. God wants you to choose. And when you choose to be submitted to God and be a slave to righteousness, you can now have access to everything that the kingdom has to offer. You can have everything that the kingdom wants to give you because that's what being a slave to righteousness means. Now, again, I'm going to reiterate, we were slaves. We were slaves to what? We were slaves to that bad, bad word called sin. We were slaves to that bad word called sin. And so let me continue to walk you through this process. <clears throat> so since we were slaves to sin, what did sin do? Sin brought forth death. Sin brought forth death. It brought forth spiritual death. And because our spirit was dying, our lives began to die also. Let me say that one more time and I'm going to go to the scripture. Sin brought death into the world. Sin brought death and it brought spiritual death. Sin brought spiritual death because sin is a spiritual issue. Sin is a spiritual issue. Sin is not a natural issue. Sin is a spiritual issue. And because we sin <clears throat> and sin brought death into the world, then our lives and because our spirits began to die, our life began to die also. BJ, how can you say that? Because in the in the Old Testament, uh, the oldest person that ever lived, I don't remember the age, but his name was Methuselah. He lived around 900 something years old. God never intended for us to die. And I'm going to say something that's probably going to shock you guys, but I'm going to say it one more time. I already did. God never intended for us to die. God never intended for us to die. But because sin entered into the world and because sin brought death with it, our lives began to resemble that death. And that's why when Methuselah in the book of Genesis, that's why Methuselah lived to be over 900 years old. And that's why over time, the lifespan of a human being has gone from 900 or so years or the or the lifespan, the, the oldest person. Now that lifespan has gone all the way down to around 70 years. On average. Now, I believe that God wants us to live to eight to 120 years. But if but if you look at natural, uh, if you look at natural science and if you just Google it, the average age of somebody that dies is around 70 years old. Well, what happened from 900 something years for Methuselah to 70 years today? Sin has begun. I mean, sin from the very beginning when it was in, when it entered into the world began to have us dying that we weren't and we were never supposed to be dying. Sin caused us to start dying. And so that is what we have to begin to understand. Let me show y'all that in scripture, Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23. <clears throat> Romans 6.23, look at what it says. It says, for sin, for sin pays. <laughs> this, is, this is good. Romans 6.23, I believe this is in the, uh, in the Passion Translation. I changed it. Yeah, for sin, pays its wage in death. 
Sin pays, but God's free gift is eternal life in union with Christ our Lord. Now, I originally had uh, the NLT version that, that said, for the wages of sin is death, but the, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ our Lord. And, you know, that's the scripture that most of us know, especially if you've been in church uh, for any good period of time. You've heard Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. But I wanted to read it to you in the passage translation because look at what it says. For sin pays its wage. Sin pays. Sin has a payment attached to it. Sin has a result attached to it. And what is that result that is attached to sin? It is death. The scripture says sin pays its wage. Or in other words, sin pays out. When you get involved with sin, sin has a wage that is being paid out and it is called death. Listen, let me tell you all this real quick about the enemy. The enemy doesn't desire for you to die initially. He doesn't desire to tell you something and then immediately have death come upon you. His, his, his motive is to get something on the inside of you, to get you thinking something so that you can start slowly experiencing death. Because he knows that if he can get you to receive that initial sin or get you to receive that initial thought and you never, ever reject it and you never get rid of it, he knows that it will eventually continue to work on you, work on you, work on you until you end up in a place that you don't want to be. That's why sin pays a wage and that wage is death. And eventually it will find its way giving you death. And it's not even necessarily physical death. You can, you can, there are so many areas in our lives that can be experiencing death right now. Death, when it comes to your finances, is poverty. Death, when it comes to your health, is sickness. So don't just equate this to physical death. And I, and I really want us to understand the reality of what happened when we spiritually die. Our physical lives, our natural lives begin to follow suit. That's why Jesus had to come and take care of the spiritual sin issue so that we can now live in our natural. Yes, we're supposed to live spiritually, but now he also wants us to live naturally. That is why he said he want everything that is in heaven to be done in the earth. That is why he said he wanted you to live life and live life more abundantly. Why? Because once he took care of the sin issue, now we can start to live or we can start to be free. That's why Jesus had to come. So let's keep rolling with this. Because Jesus took care of the sin issue, every other issue sin brought with it, we are now free from. I need y'all to hear that. I need y'all to hear that real quick. Because Jesus took care of the sin issue, and we're going to look at that scripture real quick in a second. Because Jesus took care of the sin issue, we need to understand that every other issue that sin brought with it, we are now free from. We don't know, we don't have to be attached to it. The thing that attached us to poverty, the thing that attached us to sickness, the thing that attached us to uh, spending eternity in hell was that spiritual death that we that we had when we gave uh, the enemy the keys in the beginning. But now, glory to God, Jesus came and had victory over sin, had victory over the enemy and everything that sin, that initial sin brought with it. We can now be free from because Jesus took care of the original sin. Glory to God, because Jesus took care of the spiritual sin that had us bound to hell and had us separated from God because he took care of that sin. Now we can fully live and now begin to conform our lives to be just like Christ because he took care of that original sin. And I want us to see this from freedom's perspective. When we begin to understand that we accept that original uh, 
life that, that Jesus gave us, we can now begin to live and live free according to the word of God because Jesus took care of that sin. Amen. Now, the wages of sin was death. Sin has a wage and it was death. This is why Jesus had to come and take care of that sin. And how many of y'all know Jesus took care of the sin? Let me show y'all this in Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews chapter nine, verse 26. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 26. I hope the Bible is preaching to you. I hope the Bible is preaching to you tonight. Look at what Hebrews 9, 26 in the Good News translation says. It says, for then we would have had to suffer many times ever since the creation of the world. Notice what is notice what is telling us. We would have had to suffer many times ever since the creation of the world. We've been suffering ever since the creation of the world. Why? Because we gave control and gave Gave, gave that authority over to the enemy when we sinned in the beginning. For then we would have had to suffer many times ever since the creation of the world. But instead, somebody need to say instead in the comments, because we've had to suffer many times, this is what Jesus came and did. But instead, instead now when all ages of time are nearing the end, he has appeared once and for all to remove sin through the sacrifice of himself. I need y'all to understand this. He has appeared once and for all to remove sin through the sacrifice of himself. So Jesus came once and for all to remove the original sin that we did in the beginning so that we can now begin to live and live free and never, ever be bound again. I need y'all to understand. I need y'all to see this. Because when you begin to really see what Jesus did in this scripture, you will begin to understand why why what Jesus did is so powerful and why he wants us free. He wants and for all. I got a question. Has Jesus appeared again? How many times has Jesus walked the earth? How many times has Jesus walked the earth? He walked the earth one good time. How many times did he sacrifice himself? He sacrificed himself one good time. Because the scripture is, is telling us right here. He appeared. When did he appear? He appeared over 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, in Bethlehem, when he showed up on the scene. And then he went to Golgotha to give up the ghost. He did that one time. He did that one time. He appeared once and for all. And, and he did that to remove sin through the sacrifice of himself. He did that to remove sin through the sacrifice of himself. Now, I got a quick question to ask you. If Jesus took care of sin once and for all, why is sin a big issue that we're talking about nowadays? Why is this such a big thing that people talking about? Well, if you don't get rid of this sin, this X, Y, and Z going to happen to you. Jesus is not even really concerned about sin. Why? Because he took care of it over 2000 years ago. But a lot of times we get caught up in sin because all we can see is what people are doing. Just like when Adam, just like when Adam sinned in the beginning and all that they can think about is how he ate the fruit. And because he ate the fruit, now all of us is attached to it. That's how we'd be looking at people all the time. All because they're doing X, Y, Z. That's how, you know, because they sin it, you know, we start categorizing people's sin and we start and we start um uh, and we start looking at them based on that sin. But Jesus is not even looking at them based on that sin. He's not even looking at them based on what they're doing. He's looking at them based on what he did. Why? Because he took care of sin once and for all. He actually removed sin based on what that scripture says. He removed 
the sin once and for all so that it was no longer an issue. Now, why is it an issue nowadays? I can go ahead and tell you why it's an issue. It's an issue for two reasons. One, it's an issue because we make it an issue. It's an issue because we continue to go back to stuff we shouldn't be going back to. And it's another issue because a lot of a lot of us try to glorify sin to try to preach. Uh, well, not even necessarily preach. A lot of us glorify sin to try to point at people's wrongdoing and fear them into doing what's right. We'll talk so bad about what somebody's doing bad to try to guilt trip them and to fear them into doing something that is right. And how many of y'all know all those guilt trips, all of those fears? Well, it may it may get somebody to change for a minute, but it won't be an everlasting change. Why? Because God never intended for you to fear somebody into believing him. He wanted you to believe him based on his love that he has for you. God never, ever wanted you to receive him based on fear, because if you received him based on fear, you as soon as the first sign of trouble came, you will turn and go back to the enemy. Why? Because because that is what fear is designed to do. God wants you to live for him based on what he's done for you, not based on what you're not based on what you think is going to happen. If you don't live for him, he wants you to understand what he did for you and come on over to him. You know, a lot of times people preach hellfire and brimstone just to get people saved. Well, another way you can get people saved is preach the true love of Christ and show them what Christ did for them and why he's the only one that could do it for him, do it for them and show them against all the other gods, demigods, gods that people believe in to show them why such a love that he went through for us. You preach that to them and then they'll receive Christ for an everlasting way. Through an everlasting way. And why am I saying that? Because if, if somebody truly understands how much somebody loves for them, it is more likely for them to stay rather than for them to leave. But if all somebody can point out is somebody's faults, if all somebody can point out is somebody's missteps, if all somebody can point out is somebody's mistakes, all of that stuff is designed to keep people in bondage. They're not walking in true freedom because all they can see is the stuff that that had them in bondage. They're, they can't even see the freedom that Christ wants to give them and, and what Christ is trying to show them because all people are pointing out of their mistakes. All people are pointing out of their wrongdoing. Listen, and, and this is going to shock some of people. And this is going to shock some people. Again, Christ is not even looking at us based on what we do. <laughs> He's looking at us based on what he did for us. Because as soon as we see Christ, as soon as we receive Christ, he's looking at you through the God is looking at you through the eyes of his son, Jesus. He's not even looking at you because that is why Jesus is our mediator. That is why Jesus is our high priest. That's why he had to come stand in the gap for us. That's why he had to come and do what we could not do. That is why G that is why God, whenever he looks at his kids, he's look he looks at the perfect one, not the people that keep on messing up. And that is why we have to hold on to what Jesus did and not what we're doing, or otherwise we'll never ever experience what true freedom really is. We'll never, ever experience what true freedom really is if all we can look at is the stuff that has us bound. We have to look at the stuff that, that God freed us from. We have to look at, I mean, excuse me, we have to look at what Jesus did and follow that so that we can walk in true freedom. I hope y'all understand what I'm saying. A lot of times, again, a lot of times people talk down to get to, to fear people into doing what's right. I know, I know a lot of y'all, some of y'all are grown. A lot of y'all are grown. So I'm going to just go ahead and say it. a lot of times, see, and I think I've said it before, it wasn't it wasn't the fear of me getting an STD or the fear of me getting uh, 
getting in trouble that caused me not to have sex when I was little. It wasn't the fear of that. No. Or, or when I was growing up, it wasn't the fear of those things. It was my love for Christ that kept me pure. It was it, it, it was my love that I had for him that, that said, you know what? I want to so live for God. I so love God that I want to do what he's telling me to do. It's not that I fear getting an STD. It's not that that stuff wasn't out there and that people tried to say, well, if you have sex, you're going to have you're going to get an STD or you're going to get AIDS or something like that. It's not like that stuff wasn't out there. And it's not like I didn't think about that stuff. But what I'm telling you is in the midst of temptation, in the midst of almost going there, it was my love for Christ that caused me to pull back and withdraw and able to. Um, withhold myself and it wasn't the fear of anything else because because i know a lot of y'all know this fear only kept you from doing it every once in a while every <laughs> keeps you from doing it every once in a while and some of y'all can attest to the fact that as soon as y'all as soon as that fear went away y'all went on and did it anyway just because you wanted to experiment with it and i'm not saying i'm perfect but the point that i'm trying to point out to you is this it is the love of god that causes men to repent not the fear of sin. It's the love of God that caused men to repent. It's the love of God that causes men to continue to do what they're doing in the midst of all the chaos and turmoil. It is the love of God that keeps me sowing when the world looks like I shouldn't supposed to be sowing. It's the love... It's the love I have for God that causes me to be obedient whenever he tells me to do something, regardless of what my finances look like, regardless of what it looks like, I'm going to obey God. It is my love for him that keeps me doing that stuff, not the fear of what will happen if I don't do it. And that's what true freedom is. True freedom is me choosing that and not fearing that. And so that's why I'm trying to help y'all understand fear is attached to the enemy and faith is attached to God. We have to begin to understand what true freedom really is. And because Jesus took care of sin and gave you life, you can now live life and live it more abundantly. Because Jesus took care of sin, the original sin, you can now have life and live life more abundantly. How do I know that? Let's go to John 10, 10 and Amplified. Let me prove it to you in the scripture. John 10 and 10 and the Amplified. Look at what it says. It says the thief comes only in order to steal, kill and to destroy. Stop. A lot of us have a misunderstanding of who God is. And I want you to see this clearly in the scripture as it stays up. Look at what the thief comes only to do. Steal, kill and destroy. He only comes to do that. So why is it if something is destroyed? Why is it if somebody dies? Why is it if something is stolen from us? Sometimes we want to equate God having something to do with that. When this scripture clearly says this is the job of the enemy, this is what he does. He comes to kill. He comes to steal. He comes to destroy God wants to make a distinction between him and the enemy. And the thief is the enemy. I want to be clear about that. The enemy, the thief is the devil. Okay. Let me just be clear with that. <clears throat> the devil comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That is the job of the enemy. So I'm going to, I'm going to say this. <clears throat> we have to know God's motive. We have to know God's character. We have to know what God is about. 
And some of y'all may be saying, some of y'all may be saying, well, didn't God do that in the Old Testament? Didn't God kill in the Old Testament? Didn't God destroy in the Old Testament? Yes. And you want to know why he did it? Because Jesus had not yet come. <clears throat> there were certain rules and regulations that he bound himself to. And some of y'all say, well, isn't he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Yes. But the reason why... <laughs> It's so much more that I could say about this, but I'm not going to teach you on it because I, I, I'm not showing y'all the scriptures on it. But this is what I want to show y'all. <clears throat> Jesus came to be the to show us the example of who God is. <clears throat> so in the Old Testament, God killed, God destroyed. You don't see him stealing, but you see him killing, you see him destroying. And that was because there was no sacrifice for sin at the time. That also was because there was an Old Testament. God, and, and that was under the Old Testament. Now we're under a New Testament where God isn't mad anymore. Sin drove people to do the stuff that they did, and God had to deal with it the way he deal with it. That's why there was a sacrifice from bulls and goats and animals back in the day to deal with that stuff. Well, now, because God is not mad anymore, he's not mad anymore because the ultimate sacrifice was given on Golgotha, the cross. I know I keep saying Golgotha. Some of y'all may not know what Golgotha is. Golgotha is the mountain that the three people were, uh, I mean, that, that Jesus died on along with the two thieves. OK, and so we have to understand and we have to know that when when he came and made the ultimate sacrifice, he didn't need to operate the same way he did in the Old Testament. And I'm, again, I, I know that that is something that that, that that really needs to be broken down. But I'm, I'm just giving you this and you ask the Holy Spirit to talk to you about it, because it's really important that we understand God's character. It's really important that we begin to see where God is concerning this stuff, because a lot of times when, when things are happening in the earth, we think God did it. God is not a part of a lot of this stuff. The enemy is a part of doing this stuff, especially now, especially nowadays. He's trying to kill. He's trying to destroy. He's trying to instill fear in everything that he can get fear into. <laughs> but God is trying to instill faith and hope into anything that he can get his hands into, his hands on. And so we have to know the distinction so that when things happen, we fall on the kingdom of his dear son and not the kingdom of darkness. OK, so let's go back to the scripture. The thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. But I came that they may have life and enjoy life. <clears throat> and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Look at what Jesus came to do. He didn't come to steal. He didn't come to kill. He didn't come to destroy. He came so that we can have life and enjoy life. And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, what life did Christ come to give us? What life did Christ come to give us? He came to give us eternal life. Let me be clear, because a lot of times people think that Jesus came to give me a new job. Jesus came to give me a promotion. Jesus came to do all of this, to make me uh, in this position so that I can, uh, you know, act like I'm you know, stunting or whatever, whatever the case may be. Jesus came to give me a life so that I can look like the world. No, Jesus came to give me eternal life so that I can live forever with him. Okay. Jesus came to give me eternal life. And because he gave me eternal life through my spirit, my spirit man is now new. Now my life can start resembling 
the life that my spirit now lives so that people can begin to be turned towards him. Now, if that involves a promotion, if that involves a new car, if that involves you uh, being miraculously healed, all of that stuff comes along with it because we should be living like the kingdom in this earth. OK, so don't 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 misunderstand me. But Jesus primarily came to give us eternal life. And because we now have eternal life, our natural life can now resemble that eternal life. Y'all got me because he came to give us eternal life and gave us eternal life. Our life now can now resemble our eternal life. Our life can now resemble what's in heaven, which is eternal life. Heaven can now be given in the earth. Days of heaven can now be had in earth because Jesus came to give us life and enjoy life and not only give us a life in this earth, but give it to the abundance, to the full, till it overflows. Jesus took care of eternal life by eradicating sin. We saw we saw in Hebrews, he removed sin. So Jesus took care of eternal life by eradicating sin. The life you live now can be lived to the full till it overflows. I'm going to remind you, this is why we live by faith and not by sight, because we're supposed to live from the inside out not from the outside in. I'm not blessed because I have a new car. I'm already blessed and it produced the car. I'm living my life. I'm, I live from the inside out. I don't get a promotion. I'm not blessed because I get a promotion. Oh, I'm not blessed because I got healed. I'm already blessed. And because I'm blessed, now I'm becoming healed. I'm already blessed. Now I can walk in that promotion. I'm already this because my spirit man is living life eternal. Now my natural life is just catching up to it. That is what true freedom looks like. So when I'm talking about you be free, I'm talking about you realize how God has already made you, realize what Jesus did for you, and now walk in that freedom. Be free, glory to God. Because your spirit man is already free, allow that freedom on the inside of you to now come on the outside of you. Allow you to live your life from the inside out. This is why God deals with our hearts so that we can be truly changed and not temporarily changed. This is why God looks at the heart. A lot of times, and I'm going to say it again, a lot of times we so focused on the natural because this is what we see. But God, but but God looks at our hearts. And the reason why he looks at our hearts is because our hearts are uh, are. Our, our, our hearts resemble what our spirit man is supposed to be. And if we allow our spirit man to go forth and if we allow our spirit man to go out of us, then we will now allow the very eternal life that he's given on the inside of us to be shown on the outside of us. God wants us to stay free and not just get free. Listen, if we live our lives by the natural, if we live our lives by what we always see, we will be temporarily changed. We won't be forever changed. If we live by what we see, we'll be free every now and then, but we won't remain free. True freedom comes from the inside. True freedom comes from what God has already made us. And we, and when we allow what God has already made us to come on the outside, then we can, then we can resemble who God really wants us to be. That can only be accomplished by freeing us spiritually, which he has already done. Us living a life of freedom 
can only be accomplished by him freeing us spiritually, which he has already done. That is why he led the captivity captive. That's why when you receive him as Lord and personal savior, you are a brand new creation. You are no longer bound. You are no longer a slave. You are now a free person in him. And now your mind and your body has to catch up with the spirit man who is already free. So <clears throat> let me remind you. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me remind you all again. <laughs> Let me remind you all again of Galatians 5 and 1. Let's go back and look at it one more time before we end. Galatians 5 and 1. This is what it says. It says freedom is what we have. Freedom is what we already have. Freedom is not something that we're trying to obtain. Freedom is something that we already have. Christ has set us free. When did Christ set us free? When he led captivity captive and when you receive him as Lord and personal savior. Then it goes on to say, stand then as a free people. Since Christ has already made you free, stand as a free people. Stand then as free people and do not allow yourselves to become slaves again. How do you become slaves again? You become slaves again when you allow the bondage of sin, when you allow the bondage when you allow the thoughts of the enemy, when you allow all the stuff of this world to deter you, when you allow fear when you allow yourself to be attached to fear, you create yourself to, I mean, you position yourself to become a slave again. I'm going to announce to you again, we are no longer slaves. And since we are no longer slaves, we are no longer in bondage to sin and it does not control us. We are no longer slaves. And so since we are no longer slaves, we are no longer in bondage to sin and sin no longer controls us. We have been empowered to no longer allow that control slave mentality of the kingdom of darkness to run our lives. I'm going to say that one more time. We have been empowered. We have been equipped by Jesus Christ himself to no longer allow the control or slave mentality of the kingdom of darkness to run our lives. Be free. Type that in the comment section. Say, I am free. Why am I free? Because Jesus has set me free and you're continuing to walk in freedom because you're going to take this word and walk it out. Type, I am free because you have been empowered. You have been, uh, you have been, you have, you have allowed the Lord of freedom to give you what he always wants to give you. I am free and I will never allow the enemy to put me in bondage ever again. I am free and I will never allow the enemy to put me in bondage ever again. That is that should be a declaration that we hold on tight to. That should be a declaration that we say all the time. That is a declaration that we should be doing every single day. Say, I am free and I will not allow the enemy to put me in bondage ever again. Notice in this scripture, y'all notice in the scripture, notice in the scripture. Notice in the scripture. Notice in the scripture. Notice in the scripture, y'all. Notice what the scripture says. Freedom is what we have. And we are no longer going to be bound by Christ. I mean, no longer going to be bound and be slaves ever again. We are no longer going to be bound and be slaves again. We are not going to do it. Why? Because we are constantly going to make a declaration to say, I am free. 
We are going to constantly make the declaration to say, I am free. I'm glad there are several people saying it right now. They're saying, I am free, glory to God. They're saying, I am free, hallelujah. Glory to God, they're saying, I am free. I need y'all to grab hold of that tonight. I need y'all to say that I am free. I need y'all to grab hold to all of this word that is given tonight. I'm telling y'all, I am when you declare that you are free and you will no longer allow the enemy to put you in bondage, you now have the enemy on the run. He will think twice before he suggests stuff to you. He will think twice before he brings stuff to you. How do I know this? How do I know this? Because when, when, when Jesus defeated the enemy, when he came off of his fast, the Bible says the enemy left him for a season. And the season that he came back was when he was at his weakest point. So watch this. If Jesus was never if Jesus never got to his weakest point again, which I can understand him being weak because he knew what he was getting ready to take on in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew what he was getting ready to take on in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew what he was getting ready to take on. So he had to overcome all of that stuff. But even in the midst of all of this stuff, the enemy still tried to come against him. But he stepped on his head, overcame him and died so that we can now live. <laughs> he died so that we can now live. And so when you constantly declare that you are free, you no longer attach yourself to anything of the kingdom of darkness. I declare to you today, and I want you to declare your freedom. Walk in freedom, glory to God. Walk in what God has made you. Walk in how he has freed you. He has freed you from the change of the kingdom of darkness. So walk in that freedom. Walk in that freedom, glory to God. Walk in that freedom. Make that declaration on a daily basis and allow yourself to walk in freedom and allow that to be a mainstay in your life. Amen. Did y'all get anything out of this message tonight? Did y'all get anything out of this message tonight? If you did, go ahead and give God some hearts. Go ahead and give God some likes. Go ahead and give God some praise. Share this message on your page. Share this message. Um, with anybody you think it'll be a blessing to. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask everybody. We, we have several people on tonight. I want you guys to think of one person that y'all can share this message with. Whether you want to share this particular message, send them the link to this message, or if you want to preach it to them. Because let me tell you guys, you guys are ministers too. You guys are preachers too. The Bible, the Bible commissioned every believer to go throughout the all world and preach the gospel. Go throughout the whole entire world and preach the gospel. So everybody, every believer is supposed to be a preacher. <laughs> so if you want to, if you want to teach, preach this to somebody, go ahead and do it. If you want to share this message, go ahead and do it. But I encourage everybody that got on or off. There were several people that got on, several people that got off. Some people are gonna come back and listen to it later. Some people are gonna listen to it later on together. I want you to find at least one person that you can share this with so that they can be free. I want you to share this message with them so that they can walk in true freedom. I want you to share this message with them so that in the midst of all the chaos going in the world right now, they can have hope and they can know that they have a God that they can always turn to and walk in freedom and not allow fear of taking their kids to school, not allow fear of taking their, uh, you know, going to a church service to keep them from obeying what God is telling them to do. Amen. And, and I know those things can... I, I know the enemy can use those things to allow us to walk in freedom, but I can tell you something that is much more powerful than freedom, and that is faith and that is love. That is faith and that is love. I don't care. I used to I used to say something all the time. If God told me to go stand in the midst of a bomb that was getting ready to get dropped on, God will create a shield 
to protect me if he told me to go in there and do that. It's just like when uh, Abraham went to sacrifice his son. Abraham knew that he, he trusted God so much that he gave his he gave up the promise. He was willing to give up the promise so much so to kill his to kill his son to obey God. But because he was willing to do that, he didn't have to give up the promise. There was a ram in the bush and he sacrificed the lamb. So I'm here to tell y'all tonight, I don't care what's going on in the world. I don't care what's happening. I understand that it happened. I understand that it's sad. I understand that we need to make change. I understand that we need to create change. I understand that things need to be different. But I'm here to tell you above all of that stuff. There is faith and there is love. And God wants you to attach yourself to that so that you can experience faith and love and not fear and allow the enemy to run your life rather than God. Y'all hear me when I'm telling y'all? Y'all hear what I'm saying? God wants you to allow him to run your life and not the enemy. Don't allow fear to run your life. Because if you allow fear to run your life, you won't be operating in freedom. But if you let faith and love operate in your life, you will be walking in true freedom. Amen. It's time to give. Amen. It is time to give. It is time to give. If you guys enjoyed that message again, I want you guys to go ahead and give God some hearts. I want you to go ahead and give God some likes. I want you guys to, to listen to me real quick where, uh, where giving is concerned. <laughs> I want you guys to listen to me real quick, man. I want you guys to listen to me real quick where giving is concerned. You can give via Cash App, Toddly, GiveLify, BJ Piggy Ministries. Cash App, dollar sign, BJ Piggy Ministries, Toddly, GiveLify, search BJ Piggy Ministries, or text GIVE to the number on your screen, 844-952-3394. Um, I want us to understand that there's a freedom with our finances, and there's a freedom for us to give. I'm, I'm going to say a couple of statements, and I want you to think about them. I want you to be free to give tonight. Think about that for a second. I want you to be free to give. Don't allow your money to tell you what you're going to do. Tell your money what it will do. I'm going to say that one more time. Don't allow your money to tell you what you're going to what you're going to do. Tell your money what it is going to do. Let me give you guys an example. Um, you want to go on vacation. You want to enjoy the life that God's telling you. Your vacation can plan six months from now, 10 months from now, a year from now. You don't have the money today. Don't start off today by saying, I can't go on vacation because you currently don't have the money. If God wants you to rest and he does, if God wants you to take vacation and he does, and he commissioned you to go on vacation in six or 12 months, start believing God to take care of that rather than just saying and believing that you can't, that you can't go on vacation in six months or 12 months. That's what believing God is. That's what believing God, that's what walking in freedom looks like. You're free to obey what God is telling you to do and not what your money is telling you to do. A lot of us don't realize that we make money our God and not let God be our God. Now, am I saying you shouldn't look at your finances? Am I saying you shouldn't be prudent with your finances? No. But what I am saying is if God says that you're supposed to do something, i.e. give to this ministry, i.e. give to your church, i.e. be a blessing to somebody, and you say you don't have it, a lot of times it's not that we don't have it. We just don't want to do it. 
And we allow our money to speak to us because we may have planned to do something else with that money, not knowing that God wants to set up whatever we were going to do with that money so that he can provide in a better in a better way than what we could have ever done ourselves. So when I say don't allow your money to tell you what you're going to do, tell your money what it will do. You are essentially saying you're not telling you're not going to allow your money to keep you from disobeying the one you should be following. And a lot of times we do that. We allow our money to tell us what we should and shouldn't do rather than allow God to tell us what we should and shouldn't do. God should be the one orchestrating everything. Why? Because God can bring more money than we can ever imagine if we simply just follow him. But a lot of times we don't think about it like that. We think about it from the standpoint of what we currently have today. Y'all got to understand God owns everything. What you have means nothing to him in comparison. So if he's asking you for it, obviously he's trying to set you up for something down the line. And that's what we have to understand when it comes to our giving. <laughs> so, 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 so if you're obeying God tonight, this is a declaration I want you to do. I want you to declare my money will go and grow. My money will go and grow. Not just the money that I sold tonight, but any money that I invest into my 401k. Any money that I invest in any investment deal that I do, any money that I that I put to a business that I put my hand to, my money will go and grow. Why? Because I have the blessing on my life because I obey God and whatever he tells me to do, whatever he tells me to put my hand to, it shall prosper. That's what the word says. Whatever I put my hand to will prosper because I obey God. Mm -mm -mm. So let's not be people that serve money rather than God. I need y'all to hear me when I say that, because a lot of people don't like talking like that. But in, but 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 in truth and in fact, if you allow your money to talk to you versus letting God talk to you, you are now serving your money and not serving the truth and not serving God. And I know that's a harsh statement. And I know that is something that people don't like always hearing. But that is just the truth of the matter. If you allow I, we're talking about money, but let's not just leave it at money. If you allow food to talk to you and not God telling you to put that food down, you just made that food your God. Don't allow anything to be your God other than God, whether that's money, whether that's food, whether that's a spouse, whether that's a friend. Don't allow anybody to be more loud in your ear than God. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? Hear me what I tell you? Don't allow anybody to be louder in your ear than God. And right now, since we're talking about money, don't let your money speak louder than what God is telling you to do. Don't allow money to speak louder than what God wants you to do, because God has a wondrous future for you. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, we have to know that we have to be obedient to him. We have to know that God <clears throat> we have to know that God has great plans for us. And if we don't allow ourselves to be obedient to him, we'll find ourselves stuck and not walking in freedom because we didn't allow God to speak to us. Amen. Amen and amen. Obey God, y'all. Obey God. The question is tonight, who do you serve? Who do you serve? Yourself, your money, or God? Who do you serve tonight? Yourself, money, or God? Let's always look at that from that perspective. Are we obeying God when God tells us to do something? And if we do, we can we can rest assured that our future will be taken care of. Amen. Did y'all get anything out of that offer teaching? Did y'all get anything out of that offer teaching? Don't allow what people have done in the past to deter you what God wants you to do right now. God wants to take care of you. Amen. God wants to take care of you. 
God absolutely wants to take care of you. Amen. So if you want to give through tithely, give through tithely. If you want to give through Givelify, give through Givelify, text give or dollar sign BJPG Ministries. And in the fourth section, make sure to put your email address so that we can be held accountable for the gift that you give to the ministry. Amen. I love you guys. Share this message with somebody next week. I love you guys. Share this message with somebody next week. I love y'all. Be blessed. See y'all next week for another life-changing message in the Word of God on freedom. Be blessed. If you would like to connect with our ministry, please email us at bjpiggyministries at gmail.com or follow us at BJ Piggy Ministries on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or YouTube. This podcast is made possible by the support of friends and partners like you. If you'd like to show your financial support, you may do so via Cash App, Tithely.com, or Givelify.com by searching for BJ Piggy Ministries. Thank you. Hey, I tread on tarpons and scorpions on a daily.